and welcome Dr. Sinead Herber and Dr. Maria Nafir. Both hold their own practices within yeah. South Africa and are both part of the World Council Health Organization leading the South African chapter. You guys have just also done a sort of South African tour, I would say, about the health justice conference that you've done. You had a conference in Cape Town and I know in other parts of South Africa. So not yet, we are still going. Still going. Still going there. And what is the purpose of this conference that you're hosting around South Africa? Um, I think it's to, to spread the message. For the first time, we we have a platform where we can we can tell people the truth and and yeah, tell people the truth and and show them the lies that we were we were given the past three years. And that's basically we us we all were freedom fighters or fighting for the truth from the beginning, and now we have a chance to tell people this. And there's been you guys have uncovered that there's been experts that have reported that there's DNA contamination in mRNA vaccinations. Um, Shone, what does that mean exactly? Or what is the DNA contamination in these vaccines? Okay, so um, according to vaccine production, um, there's not allowed to be any contaminants within these vaccines. And this is now a sort of old school vaccine because we all know the mRNA technology, even although it's an old technology of more than three decades or 30 years, um, it has never been used previously um, in vaccination. It's been developed by people like Dr. Robert Malone, really for cancer therapy. And in these past three decades, they have not been able to um, develop the mRNA technology that it'd be safe enough to be used um, in human trials. Um, so they've been trying it for 30 years already in animals and have been unsuccessful because it's not, it's not effective or safe. It's actually very dangerous. So a lot of experts throughout the world, and this is in Europe, and this is in America, in, in, in England, and, and even in South Africa, there have been scientists, virologists who have been warning since the word go, and that have now found contaminations of E. coli, uh, DNA, uh, plasmid strands, which are, yeah, they, they can actually elicit a whole lot of diseases, including your autoimmune um, cancers, the turbo cancers we're seeing um, amongst young people and those who have been in remission for more than a decade or two decades that are now developing, you know, these turbo cancers. In other words, suddenly stage four and dying within weeks or months of diagnosis. This is all due to these um, SV40 promoters and enhancers, which actually promote cancer formation and actually enhance the, the, the development or the staging thereof. So this has been found. Dr. Jessica Rose is one of the um, very well-known truth warriors. And just this morning on her podcast again, she said, we mustn't steer clear of the fact that these DNA plasmid contaminations have been found, but we must not get that as a need only to these uh, producers because the lipid nanoparticle combination as well in these shots is just as damaging, not only the DNA plasma. So we like to refer, or well, I personally like to refer to these shots as experimental because they are experimental. They are in trial 3B, famous trial 3B in South Africa, which Pfizer has asked our government in SAPRA to extend uh, from December 2023 to February 2024. And then these trials only go to trial 4. Um, or phase four. So I refer to them as experimental mRNA, which we know they are gene therapy because they are gene altering or gene changing or gene eliciting. DNA plasmid contaminated SV40 promoter and enhancer shots. They cannot call them bugs. So that's sort of in a, in, in a nutshell. Maria, I don't know if you'd like to add on to that. See, the basic thing, Ricky, that, that we know about the vaccines now, that Kevin McGovern, is the scientist, found out is um, we have like um, cancer surveillance apparatus in our body that check out where there is cancer and our body sends the cell and try to heal ourselves. And that's the P53 and the BRCA1 and 2. And that is put off by the vaccines. So you don't have the security cameras anymore in your body. Mm -hmm. If I can say it like that. Mm -hmm. That's the wild thing. It puts off the DNA repair uh, ability in your cells. Um, yeah, and, and then it promotes the SV40 or the cancer-causing cells in your genes. So it puts off three important things in your body to tell you, that, to, where your body tells itself something something is wrong, you will that give you a most 
that's a we that's how God made us that we can heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. But they put off that cameras, security cameras, and and they put off the DNA repair mechanism, and they put in the EC for the cancer promoting or enhances or yeah, it's it, it is it is genocide. It is yeah, I actually don't have words. And I see that the, you, you've shared some articles with me as well about the contract agreement with Pfizer. And even in the agreement, Pfizer clearly states, you know, the vaccine, the, um, looking at the agreement, she now says the vaccine materials related to the vaccine components and constituent materials are being rapidly developed. Further down the line, purchasers further acknowledge that the long-term effects and efficacy of the vaccine are not currently known and that there may be adverse effects of the vaccine that are not currently known. And the purchaser acknowledges that the product shall not be serialized. But it essentially was serialized. It was mandated across South Africa that we have to get a vaccination jab. Thanks, Nikki, for referring to the Pfizer and J&J contracts. And Marie is very welcome to chip in here as well. The ANC government had known as early as March of 2021 and this has been divulged in the contracts which have been released for the public to be and have also been analyzed and sort of like explained so that the general public can understand with these contracts. The government knew, the Department of Health knew, SAPRA knew, everybody knew in March of 2021. And when I say everybody, I'm talking about medical authority. They promoted the safe and effective false narrative that there are no C and side effects profiles available especially in the long term. And they still went ahead, which I believe is, uh, is criminal intent, mm. um, promoting the safe and effective um, shots, which they cannot say because you cannot say something is safe and effective if you don't have the necessary backing for that. And that is just basic science. That is the true science. That is not the follow the money science. That is the true science. And unfortunately, this was promoted and the, the employers in the country also went ahead and wrote everybody's not only human rights to choose my body, my choice, but also the constitution of the Republic of South Africa is amended um, in 1996. And I'm referring specifically to chapter two that says only you and only I and only Marie and every individual in this country has the right to bodily and psychological integrity. So what does that mean? Only you can decide what gets put into your body and what gets removed out of your body. You have to give informed consent. And what does informed consent mean? You need to be informed. Mm-hmm. So, so that's lied to because yeah. you were not informed of the 1,296 potential side effects, including death, including Guillain-Barre, including stroke, including myocarditis, pericarditis, uh, paralysis, um, pulmonary embolism, deep venous thrombosis, the list goes on, miscarriage, neonatal death, stillbirths. So Marie, if you want to add on to this, I just believe, like Marie said, no, 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 this was um, genocidal. There was definitely criminal intent involved. We're still waiting, and I say we're, there are many organizations in South Africa, it's not only the World Council for Health, but various other organizations who are pressure groups and that have requested separate, have requested the Department of Health and the ANC government to provide their science. Mm. Um, the doctor that they based this um, decision on the so-called safe and effective narrative that they pushed in mainstream media. Every time you switched on your radio, every time you switched on your TV um, to take the shots, I'm reminding everybody, it's still in trial, which means it's experimental. It's in phase 3B. It has been extended from December this year to February of next year. And then it only goes to phase 4 trials. So um, it's still in trial. So how can you tell people with a straight face, with a poker face, completely safe and effective? You're lying. You're lying. Mm. It's not safe and it's not effective. Also, the other thing is, Nikki, what they knew, and that was even before March, and I shared that with you is on national television in January 2021, the Minister of Health, he announced on TV that he, he, he got authorization from the Department of Agriculture to import GMO products, which is the vaccines. He said that on mainstream media. That was January 2021. So they knew it was GMO, but I mean, we only have the evidence. We also knew it, but mm. we only have scientific evidence now 
of the genetically modified, we have the scientific evidence, yeah. But I mean, they knew in January 2021 that what they're going to give our people are genetically uh, modified injections that's going to affect their genes and is going to affect their immunity. So our government knew that from January 2021, probably before also. Yeah. Um, and that, that video we can share to to your um, podcast as well, and people would like to view it at a later stage. That was, if I remember correctly, Marie, already on the 27th of January, 2021. And um, later after that, approximately a month later, the same Minister of Health, Minister McKeezy, um, who was now obviously uh, a few months later relieved of his post for PPE fraud, I don't know if you remember, involved in 500, I think it was a million rands with the yes. fraud. Five hundred billion that also just went missing. Yeah, there are too many notes in there, so I, I, can never, <laughs> I can never remember the amount. Yeah, it's just like adding another like three or six That's or like, something. It's incredible, but the, the long and the short is, uh, there's another video that I can share to you as well, where he actually said at a Department of House um, conference, and um, where he told the public on national TV that to procure, um, and once again, like Marie said, now just remember these are GMOs. Um, he was unable to to procure these products without Department of Agriculture um, uh, approving and allowing for imports of GMI, which these shots are. Um, but he said we had to sign um, and agree to trialing these products in our own country. Remember the word trial. Um, and he said that we're not giving it to you to, to prevent you from getting COVID. We're giving it to you to see what's going to happen to you. That's on national television. Wow. How did I miss that? That's quite a thing thing for the whole country to miss because, um, as I was saying to Marie earlier as well, you know, as patients, we're not as informed, obviously, as what the doctors are. I'm not aware of all the research that has gone into it. I didn't know that. I knew that it was shortly trialed. I don't know. It was still currently in trials. I knew that it wasn't approved yet because it was too short when they released this vaccination. And but then it was pushed on as mandated. And so many people, such as say myself, you see doctors, World Health Organization, all these health organizations, medical institutions that are mandating vaccinations and forcing it and then workspaces as well. So when it came to in your private practices, when they approached you to say, you know, you have to mandate or issue COVID vaccinations, were there warning bells for you already because you knew it was in trial or what made you oppose recommending that actually to your to your patients? Right in the beginning already, Nikki, in the sense that um, it was only emergency use authorization. And I mean, you could see it on all the sides. And the only time the FDA um, slash and World Health Organization can actually register products for emergency use authorization is when there are no alternative therapies. And that's why they suppressed the um, hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin um, studies and trials that were so successful at treating COVID. Because uh, I don't know if you remember, but they said ivermectin is a horse pace. And you'll grow a tail, you'll grow, I don't know, can't remember everything. Yeah, because if you use ivermectin, and the only reason why they sort of like, yeah, browbeated and, 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 and persecuted doctors that were promoting the use of those very safe and effective repurposed drugs, that there are at this stage more than a thousand trials on proving that it's effective and safe, was because if they did not do that, then these um, medical authorities would not have been able to push the emergency youth authorization, which was the whole thing. We've got to ask ourselves, what was developed first, the vaccine or the virus, the virus, the antigen? Mm. Um, because if you go and have a look on the World Health Organization's own database called vjaccess.org, um, and you're typing COVID-19 vaccine, you can choose any one of the 17 listed there. It brings up um, over 5 million registered and known adverse um, events now due to these shots. Over 5 million. Are you listening, Nikki? Yeah. Over 5. I think I might be one of them. Actions, yeah. And um, if, you, if you scroll down, you'll see they have geographical distribution. Uh, 4% of all side effects are registered in Africa. 
uh, which is actually quite shocking data because uh, less than 10% of the whole of the Africa continent has taken one or more of these. But 4% of the geographical distribution then of adverse events is rather hectic on such a low proportion. But then we do know Bill Gates said we would start in Africa because they are a deplorable continent. They've never contributed to the economy of the world. So we know all of this. We've known this since 2004. Um, but the long and the short is, if you, if you go further down, you'll also see sex distribution. So more than 65% of adverse events are actually registered in females. And then much lower down, you will actually see the first year that these adverse events were registered for COVID-19 vaccines. And that would be 2015. The first three reports were 2015. So, um, and this is on the World Health Organization's own sites. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first three adverse events for COVID-19 vaccines were registered in 2015. So what came first, the vaccine or the so-called antigen? Um, and I mean, obviously you've seen now Japan has released quite a few studies where they've confirmed that the primary uh, antigen as well as these variants that they're referring to um, were all bioengineered in labs. So we've got to ask ourselves the question, what is the, what is the um, hidden agenda yeah. behind all this? To sell, to sell more medicine. Make yeah, people really. sick and sell more medicine. Yeah. And, and Nikki, the thing is at the moment in, in, um, in South Africa, uh, the, the thing stopped up uh, the, we, we can say no. They want to stop people from getting um, uh, nutraceuticals like vitamin D, vitamin C, stuff like that. Over the counter, it's going to become, you cannot go to, to a pharmacy and buy nutraceuticals. So they want to stop us from totally living healthy, mm. making our lives, breaking our health in our hands and with God, keep us safe like your mom taught you to live. I mean, um, so, so that's why I say we have to go back to, to a ground level where we mm. start walking barefoot again. And start putting the phones down and start talking again, getting mm-hmm. time away from EMF and all of that stuff. They are pushing us, even with the metaverse, they are pushing us more to, to, to leave being social and being friends and being healthy and being all that stuff to a whole new place of, I can be with you, I can be friends with you on the metaverse or wherever and never touch my let my feet touch the ground, yeah. never take vitamins, never eat healthy. Um, like that, like you don't eat anti-inflammatory or uh, that's using the anti-inflammatory diet, which is a fantastic diet. The thing is, it's not fantastic if you don't know that it really comes from a, a organic farm because mm-hmm. there's glyphosate in the ground. Yeah. Even if I spray glyphosate at your neighbor and you have a veggie garden at your home, the glyphosate is in the underground water. So I have like, um, uh, like a, a vegetable, uh, a bed, like a, a lifted bed where underground water can't get to the vegetables. And we have like tomatoes and, and rocket and, and celery and stuff like that. But at least when they spray, my neighbor's spray, it doesn't affect our ground mm-hmm. water. Um, so we have to think much bigger. It's not, yeah, it's not only the vaccines, but the vaccines is a thing that was unnecessary mandatory. A lot of young people now made them sick, made them have miscarriages like Chennai seeing every day, made them bleed abnormally, um, and made people develop autoimmune disease, heart disease, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's an evil world we live in. And I, I think to be young at this time, I'm glad I'm where I am. But my fight in Chennai's fight now is to keep our youth um, healthy mm. and safe. I mean, I have I have three or four lovely young people that took, I mean, the one is 30 years old. He took all fivers just That's to wrong. study in Harvard. Just to study in Harvard. It is dream to, to study in Harvard. Last year, December, on, on Christmas Day, he, he came to us and said, every time he got the injection, he has palpitations. He can't walk 100 meters without getting tired. He definitely has myocarditis. Mm-hmm. He definitely is going to be infertile. He definitely is going to develop a can- cancer and he's definitely going to develop an autoimmune disease. It's just, when is that going to happen? Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, Marie, I was talking with you about this earlier. So uh, why I was also very interested in speaking with both of you as doctors, because you're very outspoken about the vaccination and then uh, also speaking about what the after effects have been. And it was brought to my attention the other day. I didn't even make the link myself, but someone mentioned to me, you know, when did your rheumatoid arthritis start? Because I got diagnosed earlier this year. I started noticing symptoms I know for sure around June, July, because I was traveling and my feet were sore, the balls of my feet were sore, swollen, knees, everything. But I was definitely getting beforehand. And it was, so looking at those dates, it was maybe about nine to 10 months after my second Pfizer vaccination. And uh, Marie, you mentioned that you've seen a lot of cases increased in rheumatoid arthritis and autoimmune diseases in your practices in general. Yeah. Nikki, normally, normally, what autoimmune diseases are normally, especially rheumatoid arthritis, I would diagnose between five and 10 patients in 10 years with rheumatoid arthritis. And it's a specific, it's specific, it's young people getting normal um, joint pain um, and, and inflammation and swelling, like swelling of that areas of the, it, it's, yeah, it's, and it's, 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 see, like I've got a little bump here. Yeah. So it's it's not normal plates is to have you know we that with that's getting an older yeah, yeah, like, we have like um uh, information on this it is but never in the middle joint, never mm. here, like where you have it. And and it's people that's not necessarily very active in sports and stuff, so they don't have osteoarthritis, which is weird there. So normally I would not those five to ten in ten years. So I've got those in one month and as, as I told you earlier it's between the age of 38 and 70 we don't see autoimmune diseases at the age of 70 for the first time yeah. people don't have the people don't have the, the antibodies to fight themselves when they're 70 years old the T cells is much less and weaker now we see new rheumatoid arthritis mm. at the age of 70 it is crazy yeah and Dr. Shane, you mentioned also that you're a specialist, you help OBGYNs in the clinics. And what have you noticed with regards to women and their fertility? And you mentioned there's been miscarriages, stillborns. What have you noticed in those practices post-vaccinations, especially amongst patients who have had vaccinations? Well, I've been assisting various specialists, and that would be not only the ONGs or the ops and gynies, but also cardiothoracic surgeons, general surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, or urologists for more than 20 years already. But the last 19 years, I decided to only assist the, you know, the OBGs exclusively because I, I try to balance a healthy life. I love my patients, my practice. I still want to be their GP as well. But in the 20 years that I helped nine gynecologists with their various elective lists and emergency surgeries, I only assisted with one stillbirth. So that's nine specialists, 20 years, one stillbirth. Well, last year in January, I assisted with four stillbirths in one month um, amongst three gynecologists. So one would call that a medical signal. All four babies were perfectly formed, more than 38 weeks and, and stillborn. Their umbilical cords were thrombosed. We were unable to draw what we call umbilical blood for testing. So, and I see that Pfizer late have added umbilical cord thrombosis to the uh, various thousands of side effects now. Um, too, little, too little and too late for those very bereaved parents, as well as obviously those uh, babies that died. It's it's really upsetting. Um, three of those ladies were um, Johnson & Johnson's um, recipients of one of Pfizer. Now, Johnson & Johnson's relieved the documents on the 26th of October 2021 already, which is called a special drug warning, where they inform doctors of the world that either the J&J recipients or vaccinees will develop deep venous thrombosis or pulmonary emboli, emboli of sorts, or the controversy they could actually develop ITP, TTP, which is unprecedented amounts of bleeding. So what I've seen assisting various gynecologists at this stage is unprecedented increases in miscarriages, unprecedented increases in repeated miscarriages, and um, abnormalities in pregnancies where the fetuses are so abnormal that it's not conducive with life. 
um, maternal fetal specialists have having to do feticides, which is literally terminating pregnancies because of these gross abnormalities. And pro-life, I'm completely against it. I do not believe in abortion or in uh, therapeutic abortion. Um, I'm just saying what I've been seeing. I'm not involved in the feticides, you know, so I believe it's murder. These people have blood on their hands. So, but yeah, the same people being the feticides are the same people promoting these jabs in pregnancy. So it's really a snowball effect. We've seen pregnancy complications where the ladies come in with premature labor, premature rupture of membranes, anything from 31 weeks of gestation. You're supposed to carry up until at least 38, 39 weeks, full term is 40 weeks. So if the young um, embryo rupture before that period of time, there's a risk for infection. There is a, a risk not only for the mom, but the baby as well. So they go and end up going to NICU um, and there, there are multiple complications as well. So um, just last December, there were um, 35 admissions of neonates to one of the ICUs in one of the hospitals where I actually assist. And of those 35 admissions, 19 passed away. All those NICU admissions and moms were jabbed either with Pfizer or J&J. So, um, yeah, moms are coming in with the uncontrolled hypertension in pregnancy, uncontrolled diabetes suddenly, but they don't, they don't progress from sort of like uncontrolled hypertension and then preeclampsia and eclampsia. They come in in total eclampsia, already fitting in liver failure, kidney failure, uh, just this morning, I was called out for an abrupt show, which is the loosening of the placenta from the uterine bed, um, either marginally on the, on the outside of the placenta or physically a chunk of the placenta. And that leads to an irritable uterus trying to expel the, the, the preterm fetus. But the risk is for the mother and the baby is that they would both bleed out. And, and that's sort of what I experienced again this morning. And um, you know, it's, it's devastating. So uh, pulmonary emboli, incredible, in pregnancy, post-delivery. We all know that when you are pregnant, there's an increased risk in any case for pulmonary emboli. Your risk for emboli in pregnancy is 40 times higher, not 40%, but 40 times higher than what it would be using a contraceptive pull or would be going skydiving or deep sea diving or being on a plane for a flight longer than eight hours. So there's always pregnancy risk. But we haven't seen the amount of embolism development um, in the pre-period, uh, in the pre-antenatal period, antenatal period, and postnatal period like we're seeing now. And and if they don't talk, they they almost need to do. You you also see a lot of calcification of the placenta, yes, which before in before in our lives, the only mm-hmm. way that the placenta really calcified was when people smoked, and yes. when we, mm-hmm. we when the afterbirth came out or the placenta came out. And you feel and check if the placenta is whole, you will feel the same paper type of feeling on the placenta. But now everyone that got the jabs have yeah. that same thing. So the baby doesn't get enough oxygen during the development because it's calcified. Yeah. Um, so that's it. And then the other thing, Nikki, that you must just, yeah. And so I can also talk about that is the new thing is I want to give you as many vaccines as possible mm-hmm. while you're pregnant to keep your baby healthy. So the new thing in Cape Town, I don't know if it's in the other provinces, is the pertussis or yeah. or Kunku's, uh vaccine that they pushes at the last trimester of pregnancy. Yeah. And they tell you the hospital is full of pertussis patients or patients. It's nonsense. I would see it first. Um, it is to push a new vaccine. So yep. So people, young people, especially people with the want to have family, please think and research and contact us if you want advice about okay. things like this. This is medicine have become a money making thing. Mm-hmm. Um, big pharma and and just just one thing: a, a lot of doctors are lazy. They listen to what the rich selling. Honest man, you have studied long. You have studied long. You have studied hard. And when you get your degree and you have a lot of experience, you become lazy. You listen to the rips. They tell you these, some studies and you get this new product and you skip this new product. They don't go like study afterwards. Go read for yourself. A lot of doctors are lazy. And a lot of doctors are 
like in a form and they don't think for themselves. They are compliant. They are more compliant than the new, the new generation policemen. Regarding what Marie said now, now with the, with the placentas, we were all taught to examine placentas after the birth of babies. And she's very correct in saying that these placentas are tiny. Placentas are usually huge, sort of like one, two kilogram um, um, blood masses um, that supply nutrients and, and blood to the fetus. And these days we're seeing these tiny calcified um, with filamentous implants of the umbilical cord. So it's suboptimal feeding and nourishing and helping the fetus to grow. So we're also seeing a whole lot of intrauterine growth retardation in these really tiny babies. Um, but what is rather strange is, is the primitive reflexes seem to be absent. And these babies who should only have neck control around about six weeks of age are already having neck control directly after birth, which means they can lift their heads up. Um, they're very alert. They, um, they open up their eyes. They've got very large, dark eyes. Um, it's uncanny. It's, um, it's strange to see. Remember, I've been doing this for 20 odd years. Mm -hmm. Kind of, it's kind of uncanny these last, say, 18 months to possibly two years, seeing the changes um, in, in, in pregnant women, the complications during pregnancy, and the changes in the neonates. So um, these days, babies are born with incredible amounts of anatomical um, abnormalities. In other words, um, sometimes abscess bones in their forearms, so they call that radial arms. Um, brains developing outside the skulls and the whole um, the whole abdominal cavity organs not being inside the abdomen anymore but outside the abdomen so we call that gastroschisis or omphalocele yeah. but inoperable conditions so usually it would sort of like be a portion or say just the liver or a piece of the intestine um, now they, they, they are huge anomalies that are being developed, fetal anomalies. And, and it seems that the uh, maternal fetal specialists in our country and other obstetricians who are seeing these anomalies and sending fetal tissue away for, um, for you know, evaluation are, are not getting the answers that they desire. Well, you know, they're not getting, they're not linking these abnormalities to known genetic anomalies. And when you tell them, why did you not get a thorough history from the patient, the patient took Pfizer, the patient took J&J, &J, the general answer is, do you really think so? Well, common things occur commonly. And um, I've been uh, in the uh, very privileged position to be put into contact with Dr. James Thorpe from the USA. Um, and he's a board certified maternal fetal specialist with 43 years of experience. He attends to between eight and 9,000 high pregnancy ladies per year. So that's that's hectic amounts of, of, of ladies whose high-risk pregnancies he attends to. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as I'm concerned, he's more than qualified to give his opinion. And he's actually shown that pre these shots, um, your stool birth rate was, was around about 5%. Um, of a thousand, uh, not five percent, five, five out of a thousand births as more or less the average going rate in in the USA, and then that shot up um, quite drastically in the first um, few months after these jabs were were launched and promoted in in the USA for for pregnant women, um, by by forty standard units, and yeah. it has actually bumped up now uh, during the period 2021-2022 to over 74 standard deviations. So we're looking at this stage where it was five stillbirths um, per thousand live births. You know, we're looking at exuberance. I can actually look it up for you quickly, the exact amount now, but I know he said it's 74 standard deviations, so it's hectic. It's something ridiculous. It's... Um, I can actually try and look it up for you now, Nikki. But we call we call these medical signals. When you start seeing in a certain population group that there's an increase of side effects or increase of disease after a certain modality or a certain procedure or a certain product, we call it a red flag or a, or a medical signal. Mm -hmm. And this guy's behind me because, I mean, the miscarriage graph that he shared with me very kindly as well, um, you know, pre uh, 2020 was 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 a flat line, and suddenly 2021 it spiked um, to a value of 3,500. So it's wow. a huge deviation on on a standard bar graph, 
And then we're seeing, a, you know, fetal demises throughout the world. But not only that, we're seeing a decline of, of birth rates. And uh, um, Australia is running way ahead. And this was also provided by um, Dr. James Thorpe. They're running at a minus 70% birth rates. Minus 70. Minus 70. That is, yes. you can't grow. There's, you're losing people, actually. That, that, that must then fall into the mortality rate. That's the thing. That graph is hectic to see. I mean, you see all the other European countries and California is running at about 20% um, uh, negative birth rates, minus 20% birth rate. So it means your death rate is a lot higher than your birth rate, right? Or there are still births or miscarriages. So that's what takes you into the minuses. But I mean, even in Europe, um, we're seeing minuses um, in countries like Italy and those places, the Netherlands running at minus 30 so shocking. A country like Australia has got a 90% plus odd um, uh, vaccination. I refuse to call it vaccines because it's not vaccines. Mm. But they have a, a high jab rate, 90% plus. Those are that, that, that exercise their human rights and constitutional rights not to take it um, are probably still locked down there now. They haven't really been allowed their freedom. I think they go out once a week to do basic shopping and their kids have to homeschool. So that would be that 10% odd that chose not to be part of the worldwide experiment. But the long and the short is Australia is experiencing a minus 70% birth rate, minus okay. 70. Um, it's kind of obvious what's causing this. Um, it yeah. boggles my mind that general fetal specialists and infertility specialists and so forth throughout the world are not um, linking the dots. And just off the, you're talking about Australia, sorry Marie, you're on mute, uh, but you're talking about Australia. So I see that the World Council for Health, they've taken action in Australia against Moderna and Pfizer yes. and uh, others for illegally providing genetically modified organisms, which is deemed, you know, a term of a bioweapon. And, you know, what was rolled over from what I've seen is that those who have been vaccinated will be able to sue their doctors in Australia for jabbing them with the M RNA if a legal challenge is won and then the ramifications is banning the jabs it's huge financial liabilities from Pfizer and Moderna and then also those individual doctors you know who were prescribing these things is is this something that you know the World Health Council are looking at implementing also in South Africa because obviously it was a huge mandated thing that was rolled out here as well are they going after you know the ANC government for forcing that the DOH SAH PRA, um, you know, for causing these um, vac mandated vaccinations. And then um, I know that Shabnam Mohammed is part of the organization. They are an attorney. So it's, you've got an attorney and a doctor who are at the, at the gates there. So is that what you guys are trying to push for in South Africa as well? Or what is sort of the, the goal with regards to this, of not just being educated in the health space and with medicine, but with regards to this COVID vaccination rollout specifically? I just, I just quickly want to correct your, your statement there. Um, I know that it's been broadcast on social media everywhere that it's the World Council of Health um, that is pursuing, um, you know, Australian regulators, but it's actually the Child Health Defence Group. Okay. Um, the World Council of Health are just are just supporting and are uh, could one call them then the medical experts and the legal ex experts assisting, but the funding for the legal case is actually the Child Health Defence Group. But we're all all affiliated or or, or actually working together for the for the true greater good. I know we've been lied to the past three years about the greater good and flattening yeah. the curve and it's the right thing to do and safe and effective. So when I say the greater good, I mean true greater good because the public needs to be um, well informed so that they can make full informed decisions about their health. But um, the World Council of Health is a international group and there are country councils of which the World Council of Health South Africa is one of the country councils. Um, and we meet on a, on a weekly basis and we discuss everything happening. Um, we share data, we share the true science. Um, we follow the science, we don't follow the money. We do have once a month, we have what we call our country council meetings. Then all the councils in the world actually um, meet together on Zoom as 
well. And we discussed matters of importance at that stage. We are very excited about the fact that there is a attorney in Australia that is unafraid to take on authorities and that she has the backing of many medical experts throughout the world, not only associated and affiliated to the World Council of Health, but very many other groups. And we believe that her case will be successful because they have the true science. Um, if that case is won, and we hope and believe it will be won, it will actually set a standard for cases to follow throughout the world. Um, you, you should know that there are already two cases in South Africa, and they've been ongoing since the end of last year. But unfortunately, they're not receiving any mainstream media. I was going to say, I haven't heard that Obviously at all. Not. Yeah, as, as you know, mainstream media are also sold out, just like our government is sold out and every department involved in authorizing uh, GMO experimental injections to their trusting citizens. So mainstream media uh, will not broadcast any of these court cases. They prefer to promote the false and unscientific um, safe and effective narrative. So, um, yeah, Nikki, there are two cases. The one case is called the Stop the Shots case. This case has been ongoing since October of last year. It was actually founded and run by Dr. Fawn Westhazen, who is a pro-life, ethical, God-fearing doctor from KwaZulu-Natal. He has a very uh, large group um, of support amongst medical doctors who have um, given affidavits um, and supplied necessary data which can be presented in court. Um, they've been in court twice. As you know, uh, court cases take time. Yeah. Invariably, they are postponed because one side's not well prepared. So um, Dr. Fon has had his opportunity in court twice. As I said, unfortunately, this doesn't reach mainstream media, um, but he has actually, um, with his legal team, um, set up documents called cease and desist, um, which was distributed widely, which any public member could deliver at any clinic still offering these, um, these shots. Um, uh, because it seems that a lot of these public servants are, are also ill-informed. They're just following um, instruction or what the government yeah. is telling them. So he's been very proactive and very busy and everybody's supporting his case. Then there is an equally important case called the FASA case um, uh, that um, um, advocate Erin Richards is the advocate um, and a very... Um, Not anymore. Not anymore. Well, not anymore, but I mean, she was the advocate originally, but there are a whole lot of legal entities um, that um, are also running that case. Um, it seems the, like the FASA case, um, sorry, sorry, Shanae, to, to, yeah. um, the FASA right, case yeah. is, the, is a case against Pfizer. Okay. So, yes. so um, the, the, we already um, um, caused the president in the court with this um, health justice okay. in, uh, initiative with the documents that was released. So we, we were the first country that got our government to release the documents. So the FASA case is a case against Pfizer. Pfizer. Correct. So that's that's where that's that's where the big difference because with, now with the FASA case started before the release of the documents. So the FASA case was filed in March yes. this year. And and um, and the release of the documents was in August. Um, so so the release of the documents in South Africa and the FASA case they like hand Great. in hand. And we are probably going to to cause a precedent in South Africa again mm. with the fact that we that this FASA case is suing Pfizer. Yes. Yeah, specifically because they didn't. No one, no one that got these injections had informed consent. Great. No one was told the truth. No one signed to be part of a experiment. So, um, so I think the FASA case, um, we're getting more and more um, affidavits from doctors right across the world and professors. So I think we're going to yeah. be the president in the world again with with this case yes. against yeah. um, Pfizer. It's amazing. So not all hope is lost in South Africa <laughs> for Love citizens it. to come yeah, together. I mean,
Yeah, the only thing that concerns me a little bit about, um, you know, the and not the FASA case specifically, it, it's more regarding the contracts that our government signed with Pfizer and Johnson and Johnsons, is that um, our government actually gave Pfizer and Johnson and Johnsons full indemnity against any legal action against them. Um, that was part of the procurement arrangements, which means that if you as an individual, you've now had two Pfizer's and as you've, as you've um, shared with us, you are also adversely affected by that. Um, you cannot directly sue Pfizer because you are a South African citizen. Mm. Um, so you can sue the government who, who then procured uh, this, um, as far as I'm concerned, null and void contract with Pfizer. Um, it's going to be a hell of an uphill battle um, because our governments that signed into these contracts, full indemnity, any liability against um, the manufacturer has been um, has been waived by the ANC government. So that's why it's very clearly stated in one of Nahas' posts that our governments not only gambled with South African citizens' lives, but they sold us out. Yeah. So what they mean by that is not only is there complete indemnity to both Pfizer and J&J, but our government also signed into these contracts that they would be backing Pfizer and they would be backing J&J. If there was um, a legislation against them or if there was a lawsuit against them, our government is actually siding with these um, manufacturers. And in the very same documents, it also states that if Pfizer or J&J are sued by South African citizens and the ANC does not um, um, uh, protect them according to these contracts, um, then uh, the ANC can be held liable for Pfizer's um, um, financial um, deficit as well. So we, we've we've really been we've been screwed over. We've been lied to. Um, our general public have been lied to um, by the very same government. Then more than fifty five percent have voted um, in in the last election. And I think um, that this is perfect timing for the public in South Africa to realize yeah. that the ANC government does not have your health or your wealth or your sovereignty at heart. Um, in actual fact, it's got nothing to do with you as an individual in the mm. country. This has to do about them. It's got to do about enriching themselves. Yeah. Um, it's got about to do with them being in full power and deciding what's right and wrong. Um, we've been lied to. We've all been lied to by this corrupt ANC government. Um, and it's very clear from these contracts that have been released that they did know that there is no safety and efficacy data. So they lied saying safe and effective. They even signed off assets um, uh, to the manufacturers. In other words, that if there is legal action, uh, there would be financial backing. And I don't know if you know, um, Nikki, but I mean, South Africa being a country that is pestered with load shedding shortly, and we don't have uh, people fixing up our roads and maintaining our, the Western And there's 500 billion brands that gets yeah. goes missing yeah. exactly so but not only that i mean in those contracts it's come to light now that the south african government paid 15 percent more per job than what the european union did we paid 15 percent more but we don't have money to keep our lights on according to this corrupt government but we have 15 percent more per job per experimental shots come on this is logical, okay? This has never been about our health. This has never been about keeping the lights on. This is about manipulation. This is about control. This is a power grab. Weren't the government, uh, they were given kickbacks if they had people who took the vaccinations or they would get stipends as well if there were um, deaths by COVID um, and many were misdiagnosed as well uh, during COVID? All the well, deaths. apparently, yeah. You know, apparently, I can't confirm this because I don't have proof of this. But this has been discussed in various meetings that Maria and I have both been in. But there have been, and, and I like to refer to them as perverse incentives. In other words, um, um, there have been uh, paybacks to jab pushes. Um, there are conflicts of interest. Um, um, it has been exposed that uh, Professor Karim who was the so-called um, SAPRA 
um, vaccine advisor um, who pushed these safe and effective narratives every time you switched on your TV or your radio, that he has severe conflicts of interest. Um, for example, he's on the payroll of the uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, um, just, just to give you one of, of many examples. So there were definitely paybacks and kickbacks um, going ahead with promoting these non-safe, non-effective injections. Um, and it's it's not just him. It's many of the people, um, colleagues that were out there promoting these things. We have a scientist that is on our steering committee at the World Council for Health South Africa, um, Fari Hansen, and he is an Inspector Clouseau, Sherlock Holmes for excellence. So he always says, um, we do follow the science, but he likes to follow the money because when he follows the money, mm-hmm. Um, he finds all the conflicts of interest. So for the likes of uh, Dr. Francois Fenter, um, several conflicts of interest. He actually laid a charge against um, Dr. Shankara Chetty, who is a very well-known COVID, um, I would call him a COVID expert because he treated more than 14,000 patients successfully on an outpatient basis. And there's a witch hunt on him. Um, but uh, Dr. Shankara Chetty has absolutely no conflicts of interest, unlike Dr. Francho Fenter, um, who has now laid a formal complaint. So, so that's just a bit of background. Uh, we do also know that there were incentives worldwide for admitting people with COVID to hospitals mm. um, in our own country as well. Um, there were incentives for um, placing these patients in ICUs. There were incentives for ventilating them. There were incentives to prescribe the Fauci protocol, which is a death protocol, um, the remdesivir midazolam protocol. So it was used in South Africa as well. Um, and and we all know that um, remdesivir is a toxic substance. It causes primarily kidney failure and eventually multi-organ failure. If you continue giving it um, around about day five invariably. Um, and um, yeah, remdesivir was withdrawn uh, during a earlier Ebola outbreak um, where it was um, given also on a trial basis, but that was after 50 people died from multiple organ failure. And suddenly uh, Professor Fauci, um, who also has um, no conflicts of interest, I'm being very sarcastic and facetious, um, suddenly says that this is the protocol for treating a novel disease called corona or COVID-19. Come on, it killed 50 people during the Ebola outbreak. Um, how can you now suddenly apply this to a new novel disease? So, And that's another thing I'd like to say. Novel means new. Um, so we were all told during the outbreak that this is a novel disease. So then my question is, um, who are all these people calling themselves COVID experts? Yeah. COVID an expert is not synonymous. It's, How are they researching are the vaccines in 2015 exactly. if it was novel? In, exactly. Do you understand? So what came first, the virus or the vaccine? It's, it, it still needs to be determined. Yeah. Um, there, there is a hidden agenda. There is always an agenda. But I wanted to just ask one final question before we come to a close. Thank you so much for all the insights that you've shared and the knowledge. But I uh, was talking with Dr. Bury earlier, not all hope is lost. I believe that there mm. is ways to kind of help your body after getting the vaccination. You have to detoxify the body. So I was hoping that maybe you could share some of that um, knowledge as well, just for anyone who's listening that wants to get that kind of information of what they can do once they've maybe identified key factors that they are having adverse effects, like such as myself. Um, should I? Can I yeah, start? You can go. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the thing is, um, Nikki, we, we live in a country where we, I mean, the whole world is living in in a place where we don't have extra money. Mm. We are all tight on our budget. So the problem with the detox programs is they are expensive. Yeah, and people people that were that were um, mm-hmm. I want to say BS into this injection. That's what I want to say. Let's let's say people that were forced. <laughs> Give these injections. They they don't have the money. Yeah. They choose this injection. I mean, I have a, a last week. I I shared a post last week with the um, um South Africa uh, health organ. That's um the National Department of Health shared a post that they 
gave 9,000 injections plus minus last week, of which more than 4,000 were people that got the first injection. This is last week. This is with the knowledge that we have now. This is people that 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 went against the narrative for so long. Who is this? This is young people. They want jobs. I mean, I know mm-hmm. um, uh, companies like Discovery, um, the uh, all the big companies, all the BlackRock Vanguard companies, they want a vaccination certificate before you can apply for a job. Yeah. If you're 18 years old, you're 10%, no, 20% of your life was stolen by this BS for the past four years. Mm. So now you take an injection to get a work, mm. obviously. So so now they're taking their first injection. They they withstood this whole tyranny for the past two and a half years since we started the role out in South Africa. Now they take injection to get a job because their family is suffering financially. Now they got a, now they get a vaccine injury. Or they brilliant mm. in sports. And they take the vaccine just to partake in the sports. Okay, so so detox. Um, Peter McCullough, um, um, he he published the only study so far of uh, base uh, spike protein uh, detox last month, and that is the three products of natokinase. It was your nice um, background, and we spoke about mm-hmm. that earlier, Nikki. The uh, natokinase, the bromelain, which is. Natokinase is a byproduct of soy from Japan. Um, bromelain, which is the stem of the pineapple, and curcumin, which is the, the active ingredient turmeric, just make sure mm. it's organic. Mm-hmm. In South Africa, um, we, are, we use a lot of turmeric or body, and it's not always clean. Yeah. So make sure that it's curcumin and it's clean. So that's the big thing. Curcumin is anti-inflammatory um, and antithrombotic. Natokinase is antithrombotic. Um, and the uh, bromelain is an uh, uh, immune booster, um, anti-inflammatory thing. So what mm. I said is smoothies with curcumin and um, pineapple and green leaves, like olive leaves are also good. Um, and then you only have to buy the natokinase then it's mm. not so expensive. Mm. But it is expensive to detox from this. So, so I'm going, I worked in the Cape Flats for 10 years with really poor, poor people. They yeah. save three, four months to see a private doctor, not a clinic doctor. And mm. then a private doctor, doctor will take five minutes with them, yeah. give them the, the lowest grade of medication on the market and send them out of there. But they save three or four months to see mm-hmm. the private doctor that's going to treat them better than the the public doctor. So I I, I am my thoughts since last Shanae and I were at the Ottery um uh, the uh, uh, Truth um, Convention is um for me in the Cape Flats to come back to basic detox for people that doesn't have a lot. Mm. is number one fasting okay that's mm. the big thing fasting the longer you can fast a day the better it doesn't cost you money it's going to save you money on food so if you can intermittent fasting so if you can do 18 hours fast or 16 hours fast eat eight hours even longer some people can do longer fast other people can't but fasting is number one number two is detox baths with Epsom salt or borax that's mm. in our houses. It's I love doing a Epsom salt foot foot bath because yeah. I don't own a bath yeah. in my in my apartment. So I've got the foot bath. So I sit there for 20 minutes. I put some lavender oil in sometimes and just sit and let that's it wonderful. go. That's wonderful. If you don't have a bath, a foot bath, the magnesium of the Epsom salt absorbs through the skin of your feet but mm. also borax b-o-r-i-x okay. i don't i don't know if i pronounce it borax, no, borax. I, I think it is borax so that's the other thing and then breathing laughing doing all <laughs> things that gives you positive energy Definitely. that's that's and then if you have extra money, then you can get that three basic detox things. And just remember vitamin D 
and vitamin C. Mm. Um, and if you have ivermectin, I can't say, uh, if you have the horse base, if you have the horse base, you can also use that because it helps with immune body, it helps with immune booster, it helps with um, thrombotic events, it helps with all that. So if you have horse base available somewhere, you can rub it on, you can drink it, I drink it, and I drink it. We all, we are sometimes mooing like a cow, sometimes barking like a dog, but we fine. We don't have any complications. So so that's the cheap detox. Mm. There's a lot of other things. Nikki, this, this neck, this beveron, there's a lot of other things on the market. Yeah. But we all have budgets. Yeah. Every one of us that's not working for big pharma mm. have small budgets. Mm. Yeah. And has to pay 25 rand a liter petrol to drive somewhere. So, mm. um, and that's the basic thing is grounding mm. and grounding. Sorry, we talked about that earlier. Yes, being Take barefoot. Off your shoes. Barefoot. Take mm. off your shoes that you can feel the earth. God made us perfect. Yeah. And, it's, and, the, and the one last thing is just remember you, the fact that you, Put this in your body if you chose if you choose it or you were mandated. You were not informed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you have a relationship with God, yeah. Speak with him. Yes. About this. And he is the biggest healer of yeah. us all. And we're all going to die someday. Don't start thinking, I have this in my life. I'm going to die from this cancer or this disease or whatever. Mm. Give it over. It's mm. it's give it give it to him to give it to him, and that's mm. yeah that's my message. Yeah, um, I'd like to I'd like to add on to that if I may, Nikki. Yeah, right at the beginning of this pandemic, um, I was divinely warned really, um, and the Lord gave me scripture two Timothy one verse seven where He clearly states that. Um, I did not give you, Nikki, or you, Marie, or all your listeners, everybody following your podcast, I did not give you a spirit of fear. I gave you a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. And mm. that's what I've been telling people straight through these past three, three and a half years, is use your sound mind and in love and in divine power to make the right decisions regarding your health and the health of your children as well. It's nothing is lost. There's always hope. There's hope in recovery. Mm. And I believe exactly what Marie said is that you have to you have to give this to the deity, to to your creator. Um, um and say I made a mistake. I, I acted out of fear. Um, mm -hmm. I did this because I couldn't lose my job. I did this because I was mandated. I was fearful that I wouldn't be able to graduate or, or you know, play my sports or whatever. And 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 in Afrikaans, we say belated me, just admit it um, because because uh, God is the true healer. We, we're actually all healers, to be quite honest. We're all wounded healers, but God is the real healer. And if you, if you give that to him, it's quite a weight off of your shoulders, firstly. The second thing is, Hashtag just say no. Now, young people like hashtags. So, <laughs> hashtag just say no. Okay. So, the next time they come around with a new fear mongering, a uh, new pandemic 2.0, because I hear Bill Gates is already referring to the new pandemic 2.0, oh, hashtag just say no. What's bitten twice shy? Um, do not fall for the same narrative again. So, third thing. Um, God has given you an innate immunity and you are already 30 or 40 or 50 or 70 years of age. You've come quite a way. Um, so the chances of you recovering, like as in the case with COVID, um, worldwide, there's a 99.97% recovery rate. Um, so once again, I'd like to end off with all these COVID experts, experts that were mm -hmm. pushing the safe and effective narrative. Your safe and effective shots have an absolute efficacy of less than 0.86%. Yeah. For a infection that has a more than 99.97% recovery rate. So this is basic mathematics. Yeah. You do not need any experimental shots, especially without informed consent, um, for this disease or the possible next one they're planning. Um, and then just ending off with what Marie said, Nana, both she and I were devastated to see that the um, Department of Health 
um, um, or the national um, on Facebook this morning, again, they are promoting these jabs again, that there were 9,000 odd people that for the first time have now taken these shots. The public needs to know that these shots expired on the 31st of December 2021 already. Wow. Listen carefully. They expired December 31st, 2021. The Department of Health are still promoting these shots, even although they have expired in December of 2021 already. So once again, going back to legislation, our constitution says that any expired product, whether it be a fridge product or, a, or a, an oral medication or a rub or whatever, needs to be destroyed on expiry dates, SAPRA has postponed and extended the shelf life of these already expired shots three times already. I see that they've now said on the on the Facebook um, site this morning on the National Department of Health site, um, they're not telling people, they're not informing people that these shots are expired. They're promoting them. So I could maybe a miscreate how for Ochenmeri. And um, I then posted there and said, um, you you know, public, you need to know they're promoting the expired stuff. And does the public know that um, the storage um, regulations are brought down from Pfizer, the, the producer of these shots, says that these jabs have to be stored between minus 60 degrees Celsius and minus 90 degrees Celsius. That is storage regulation. In a country with load shedding, sometimes up to four times a day, our fridges are running at eight degrees Celsius. We never reach minus two or minus eight. Or where are they storing these expired experimental mRNA gene therapy, DNA plasmid contaminated SV40 promoter and enhancer shots? That's the conclusion. <laughs> wow. What a way to end. Um, I have to bring this to a close now. Thank you so much for joining me, Dr. Shonecheb and Dr. Marie Holofier. It's been super enlightening and it's opened my eyes. And I think with this pandemic 2.0, a lot more of us are going to be a lot more informed. Perfect. Well done. Awesome. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you. Thank you.